So two weeks ago, releasing our Atragon episode, I was scrolling through the various Godzilla Facebook groups that I'm a part of. How many are there? How many are you? Many. Many. And I just joined them because I wanted to, you know, get involved with the G fan community. Community. And also just to promote the art that our sister's doing for the show now and the podcast in general. But I stumbled across this little corner of the Godzilla universe that I was I was very curious about. Here I am just scrolling through the various memes, movie recommendations, yep, screen yep. grabs. Then all of a sudden, a picture comes up of our favorite kaiju, possibly of podcast history so far. Okay. Maguma, the walrus. Oh, the walrus. From Gorath. Yeah, your, fa- your personal favorite <laughs> kaiju. And it said, adopt Maguma. Maguma needs a new handler. Join this Facebook group now to look after Maguma. Join us as a captain. Mm. Jaysha, what does this lead to? And I was like, dude, I can't pass up this opportunity. Magumas, ready for the taken. So I joined this Facebook group. I was like, hey, saw that Maguma was available to look after. And I've just, oh man, I've fallen down a rabbit hole of Facebook, Godzilla, role-playing. Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but there's this Facebook group where every single kaiju in the Godzilla universe... Yes. Has a, basically a handler. A handler, yeah. You're Somebody a, looking after them. You're assigned to look after a kaiju. And studying them and mm-hmm. fighting with them? Yes, and you kind of have to write fan fiction about what your kaiju is doing. And then, are you spending your free time writing Maguma fanfics? Get involved with like the events that are going on. No, no, no. Are you right? Tasha, have you written a Maguma hey, fanfic? I am supposed to be writing two reports. No, not supposed to be. Have you written? I haven't. I'm supposed to write Jeez, two you're reports. You're letting the pod down. I know. I need to write two reports on what Maguma's doing a month. <laughs> I've got various follow-up messages from the captain in command on Facebook saying, hey, your report's due. Hey, can I check it over for you? And I haven't written. What, what do I do? That's not even the best part, guys. Jaysha had to make like a an ID card. <laughs> Which labels him as the head cryptozoologist. <laughs> I, I joined the group the next thing I know my, my messenger. My messages are just inundated with people saying, Hey, I'm going to be showing you how to be a handler. Hey, I need your photo to make your ID card. I don't know what I'm getting involved with. Do I write this report or do I just I, wait I until just, they kick me from the group? I just find it so funny because... You know that nobody wanted Maguma. He shows up for like three minutes in one of the least known movies. <laughs> but he looks... I, it doesn't even look cool. Okay. Who am I kidding? He's not even cool. But I was just like, hey, Maguma's available, dude. Okay, Joshua, what's Maguma done this, this month so far? Uh, what, do I, what do I do? Guys, guys, write us in. What has Maguma <laughs> done this month? This could be a regular thing. Well, mess, message Podzillapod. On Instagram or Twitter with what I should write in my monthly Maguma fanfic and I'll I'll submit a report. This could be a regular thing. We could we could give you guys updates on what Maguma's up to. <laughs> oh is, is there an is there an open spot for the for the mushroom peeps? Bro, I think I think I need to get you in there too, eh? <laughs> I don't think Matango's available, but you know who I did see was available. Yeah. A Rochi the eight headed dragon. Oh, the three treasures. Oh, I would go for that. It's up for grabs. I'd go for Orochi.
hey guys, once again, welcome back to the pod. Podzilla, your favorite family duo. <laughs> Micah Drake and Jason Drake. Yep. Your lovable hosts. Favorite family duo here at Podzilla. I don't know any other family duos. There's bound to be many. Is Sonny and Shear a family duo? Yeah, we're the Sonny and Shear of <laughs> podcasting. That's what That's we... right. Uh, first off, <laughs> apologies if you hear any cicadas in the background. Once again, I don't, I don't know what it is. They've just... They've just come out of the woodwork, come out of the forestry. They've crawled out of the forest, <laughs> waiting to prey on these two family that's, duos. That's exactly what they've done. And I, see, it sounds like one's right here. There is one. Okay, so we're currently in Jace's basement. Like garage slash basement? Yeah. yeah. There is one in here. Yeah. And we can't find it. It's the same cicada that was here last episode as well. He's just sticking around. Adding an extra listen to our stats. <laughs> hey, the most committed listener of Podzilla right here, <laughs> being listening to us live. Okay, JJ. So what's on the menu for today? Before we even get into the movie. Oh. Me and you did something we don't usually do, and we went on a road trip last weekend with our family. Oh, because we never do road trips. <laughs> well, I mean, not at the moment with COVID yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's like, the honestly, the first time I've been out of Whangarei for months. But we went to Matakana to watch a little movie called Licorice Pizza. Yeah, and we wanted to watch it specifically. You're a big fan of the director. Yeah. I tagged along because it is one of the Oscar nominees this year. Yeah, it's the Best Picture nominees. It's one of the ones that's very hard to get your hands on. It's not showing any yeah. cinemas in our town. Awesome. It's not streaming anywhere. A lame. Honestly, this this cinema, dude? They had like they had cushions. They had pillows on each seat. If you follow my Instagram, they had cushions there. Oh my goodness, it was good. But yeah, we watched Licorice Pizza. I really enjoyed it. You not so much? I, I enjoyed it. But the reason I bring it up, right? It's kind of about two friends finding their way in the world. Is this like an allegory for me and you? No, I'm just... I mean, that same thing kind of applies to Motherless's Godzilla, <laughs> oh, th- right? There we go. That's the, that's the connection right there. I mean, we know in the end, Mothra and Godzilla become the best of mates. Some even... I mean, this fanfic. Let me tell you, my oh, fanfic dude. master. Perhaps even lovers. <laughs> what have Mothra and Godzilla been up to this one? <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the beginning. Mothra versus Godzilla. Big, big, big episode. Big yeah. movie. This is the first time these giants clash. This is the first time kaiju have crossed over. Yeah, because we've other, had... Other than... Two pre-existing kaiju. Yeah. Two of Toho's own properties showing up. And they're not friends. Not They're far from it in, no. this, in this movie. They're, they're sworn enemies, but... Yeah, we, we watched Mothra vs. Godzilla, 1964, Ashiro Honda. Mm-hmm. You know him, you love him. Michael, what was the movie about? Okay, sit in your seats, guys. Get some popcorn ready. Shortly after a typhoon, reporters Sakai and Junko come across a giant egg which has washed ashore. Along with Professor Moira, the three try to study the egg, though the entrepreneur of Happy Enterprises theme park, Kumayama, has bought the egg from the local villagers and plans on using it as an attraction for his upcoming theme park, alongside with his boss, Mr. Torahata. Returning from the first Mothra movie, the two tiny girls known as the Shobajin explain that the giant egg belongs to a goddess named Mothra, who lives with them on their own infant island. Narrowly escaping the capture, they team up with our trio of the two reporters and the professor with the plan to get the egg back to infant island, or else larvae will hatch from the egg and cause destruction to the surrounding city. The reporters publish this news in the paper to try to raise attention, but to no avail. Believing all hope is lost, the Shobajin return to Infant Island alongside a fully grown adult Mothra from the previous movie, when suddenly the news of Godzilla returning is heard, mm-hmm. with the surrounding cities quickly coming under attack by him. 
While majority of Japan believes nothing can be done against Godzilla, another reporter named Jiro suggests that maybe Mothra could help defeat Godzilla. Our trio heads to Infant Island and begs the natives there for Mothra's help against the threat of Godzilla, though are shunned because of the past atomic testing that has happened in the area due to Japan. The three make their case once more in front of the Shobujin, and stating that under the threat of Godzilla they are all human and connected and must help each other. Mothra herself decides to help, though she is weak and close to her death due to her age. A fight between the two heads of Happy Enterprises leads to Kumiyama being shot by Mr. Torahata, though he too dies as Godzilla crushes the building, killing both of them. Godzilla makes his way towards the giant egg and tries to destroy it, but not before Mothra arrives, leading to a battle between the two kaiju. Mothra seems to have the upper hand, though Godzilla manages to use his atomic breath at one of her wings, and she dies, covering the egg with her wings. The Shobujin explain to the trio that the egg can be hatched, and after beginning to sing, the egg hatches to reveal not one but two Mothra larvae. The two follow Godzilla to a nearby island, and use their cocoon spray to web Godzilla up, and being completely bound, Godzilla falls into the ocean, leaving the humans to rejoice and the two larvae to return to their island. Beautiful. Mm. That was good. Interesting movie, because it, to me at least, felt like pretty much a direct sequel to Mothra. Yeah, so it's a weird theme with these versus Godzilla movies. Mm. In the two we've seen, Godzilla seems very much to be an afterthought chucked in. Yeah. Or not not, not even a main character, he's always coming in halfway through the movie. In this case, it, it feels much more like a family movie like the first Mothra did. Yeah. Where Godzilla coming in is almost used as a plot point rather than the introduction of another character yeah and it's funny as well because he is i mean it started with king kong versus godzilla mm. he is the secondary kaiju yeah this is interestingly enough mothra versus godzilla yep. once again he's just yeah just like you said almost an afterthought this is much more of a mothra movie than yeah. a godzilla movie i mean i can even imagine this just being hey there's a big old egg it's going to hatch into mothra larvae we refuse to give it back to Mothra. The egg hatches. Larvae destroy Tokyo until Mothra comes and like sorts the whole thing yeah. out. I can see that being like a good movie. Like yeah. that would have worked. That's a good Mothra sequel right there. But instead, they've just thrown Godzilla in, and it's just like he starts attacking, then there's this big climactic battle scene. I, I feel like it makes sense because it. Yeah. If if you say just had the two larvae coming out destroying the cities. There's a little bit of a grey area there trying to, like, resolve the story mm. and get them to stop attacking. Uh, the introduction of Godzilla kind of gives a driving force for the Mothra, which which are seen as, like, a good creature and a good force. Yeah, yeah. To actually end up helping humanity in the end here. It's interesting how much, like, Mothra is seen as a, a hero. Because at the end of the first movie, did she end up being a good or a neutral character? Kind of neutral, yeah. I feel. Um, but she was destroying things in the first movie, but it was only to save the Shobujin. Mm. And then she just went back to her island. Yeah, this one's similar. This one's similar, but she never even starts destroying things in the first place. She's like, well, if they're not going to give my egg back, there's nothing we can do. I'm too weak. Yeah, the larvae are at threat of destroying, but with Godzilla there, they kind of focus their attention away from yeah. the city. I mean, I kind of liked it. I, I thought the story, it had a lot of lot of things it was juggling but it came together real well i mean you touched on it but the happy enterprises yeah duo it, the villains it's a quite it's quite a big part of the story so the characters here we have the trio we have these two um kind of antagonists of the story we have a few other characters here and there like jiro 
Oh, Jiro the reporter who eats a boiled egg in like 90% of the scene he's in. Is, is he, is this the best Godzilla character of all time? It's played, he's played by Yu Fujiki and literally his whole character's personality is that he just loves eggs. That's a good personality. Every, he's, he's not in it much, probably like under five minutes of screen time all up. Yeah. But they'll just be having a discussion in the newsroom, the journalists. He's just eating eggs. He's just eating an egg and he's like, oh, what does he say? Oh, he says something like, well, this egg is approximately like 100 times the size of a normal egg. So if we microwave it for around 100 times, <laughs> yeah. as you would a normal egg, that should happen. He just knows all this random egg fact <laughs> egg man. that he's just bringing up. And I love how in the end of this situation, he's kind of sent out just to back up the other journalists and to yeah, watch yeah. the egg. He comes out in the situation and he's just frying up one of his own eggs. <laughs> and then he's kind of just thrown in with the, the army. And yeah, he's just... He jumps up on an army truck to get a better view of the place. And it just drives away. So in all of the military scenes from there on out, he's in the background. He's just there. So we're spending a lot of time on a character who's literally the, yeah. the most minor main character here. Oh, he was great. I mean, you've, you've got your other trio who are actors that I'm pretty sure we've seen before. Yeah, we've seen most of these guys. The, the main dude and the... Is it, was he a detective or no? He was a scientist in this. So we have our main reporter, Sakai, played by Akira Takarada. Yeah. We have seen before. He is. He was the protagonist in the first Godzilla movie. Oh, nice. That's who he is. He plays a very stoic, um, but still noble character, mm. quite strict. There's his photographer assistant, Junko, played by Yuriko Hoshi. Uh, she's much more of your... Bit of a happy-go-lucky a little bit smarter in a different way. I, I liked her as well because she she she's the photographer, but she's really like clumsy. Yeah. Like the two of them initially show up to cover this big storm that happened, which yeah. brought the egg onto the shore. And they're pretty much on the clock. They've got to quickly get all this footage taken, interview yeah. all these people. And she hasn't taken a single photograph and she's just looking at the weirdest stuff. She's setting up one photo of like some <laughs> muck in the ground. Yeah, it's nothing to really do with the story they're covering. And she's always using her flash when she doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah, she's always... She's, I, I really, really liked her character. Yeah. Along with them too, there's the Professor Muera, played by Hiroshi Koizumi, who admittedly has like more of a lesser role of the trio mm. but i really like the the roles they all have and the rapport between them you don't you don't really get a a strict main character yeah with a bit of a clumsy sidekick and then the smart dude as well it's a really nice mesh between the three of them yeah i mean i did find uh, the main dude and the scientist a little bit forgettable in the end like to be honest you didn't really have much of a reason to root for each of them and yeah. they're, they're very much like the other characters those actors have yeah. played I'll say they're getting better. Yeah, with they their are. characters. But um, my favorite character, other than Jiro with yeah. his eggs, was the... Um, we had the dude who ran the amusement park who brought the egg. Yeah, so we have Kumiyama, played by Yoshifumi Tajima. He's just kind of an entrepreneur lending his money. Yeah, but then we have the kind of his... Is it not his boss, but his... It's, he it's, finances the, his amusement park. Yeah, he is... He's, he's a billionaire in the story. Yeah. Mr. Torahara. He's a billionaire in the story. Mr. Torahata, played by Kenji Sahara. Kenji Sahara. He is probably my favorite actor mm. in this franchise so far. He was one of the kind of antagonist characters in Matango. He showed up in Atragon. He's showing up all over the place and he's changing up who he who he is every time yeah. drastically. I mean, he was the hero in Rodan. And he does a whole 180 going to an antagonist. Yeah, team. now he's the full-on villain who's just really, really greedy. 
And I mean, he's literally got like shelves full of cash <laughs> in his office. It's it's so good. And they, I mean, him and the other dude who runs the amusement park, they both end up just dying because of their greed to Godzilla. Both yeah. of them just try to get as much money as they can before Godzilla destroys the building they're in. And because they're fighting, neither of them can make it out. Yeah. Um, but I really, yeah, I, I like the two of them. I got to say something that really, really popped for me. All right. Was the popped, egg. Okay. The egg in this movie. It cracked. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I read up that they actually had a practical egg. Or, oh, yeah. So mm. one of the earlier scenes in this movie, when the reporters are seeing the egg on the beach, mm. we were surprised because it's a huge actual egg. Yeah. So they use a painting for one of them. There's a miniature. But then they have a partial replica or a partial, yeah, like just the one part of the shell of this huge egg, just so actors can act alongside it. Yep, yep, yep. Looked really cool. I also had to laugh when uh, they initially paid for it. The guys running the amusement park paid for it by pricing how much a normal chicken egg would be. And then, like, timesing it by how big this huge egg is. Yeah. And then they brought it off just the locals of the beach there. And the locals aren't too smart here. <laughs> no, they're really not. And seeing the seeing the big egg so early on, I think it really put into perspective just how big this movie's going to be. Yeah. The first Mothra, I think it was 200 million yen. Like, the budget? Uh, the budget for the movie, yeah. Uh, Mothra versus Godzilla. Let me check here. 3.2 billion yen. You're kidding me. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how much that is uh, US or New Zealand dollars. Yeah. But that's like easily a hundred times the budget of... That's insane. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, you can tell the, a lot more into yeah. like the production, um, the even the monster costumes and everything that oh, looks yeah, great. Are great. If we're talking about characters real quick as well, I just got to shout out to my two girls, the Shobajin. Yeah, man. The Shobajin are back, played man. by the Peanuts. Or what's their other name? The Little Beauties is what <laughs> I think it was. The Little so Beauties. Cool. They're yeah. back and they're great. They've got they've got a new Mothra song this time. Yeah, so they've done a done a bit of a redux. <laughs> this time they also have one specific costume which they wear throughout. Yeah, the whole thing. That's a great costume. Yeah, they, they look great. How does it? How does the new song go? Well, I'll, I'll add it in. But no, no, I want to hear you sing it. Masura, Masura, da da da. Oh, I you really don't know the lyrics, but bro, it says Mothra's name. Tears to my eye. There you go, man. Yeah, they were great. Uh, let's should we talk about the kaiju in this one? Yes, because there's a few. We got Mothra herself. Returning from the last movie, so yeah. this is the adult moth Mothra. So she's also known as first generation Mothra. Okay. Or Mothra Imago. Imma- what does that mean? I have no clue. This is what I saw her name written down as all over the place online. I think it might even just be uh, what the stage in Mothra's life cycle is. Okay, so like a fully grown one's called Yeah, so she's, she's Mothra Imago in this movie, but she is the first generation Mothra. Yeah, yeah, saying, I'm searching it up, it says Mothra emerged in her Imago form. Yeah, there we go. So maybe the moth version is Imago? Yeah. But she looked great. Um, mm. I, I did a little bit of reading of how they, like, created this. It was more like a puppet for this for this Mothra. I mean, it's not a costume. Yeah, you, no you can't have it. a costume flying. No, nah, it's a huge puppet or a huge 
creation of some sorts. But they weren't allowed it. They put electrical lights inside the eyes so you can constantly see them glowing and fading in the film, especially when Mothra dies at the end of this movie, guys. What? Yeah, it's it's crazy. But you see her you see her lights fade out. And they also put electric motors inside her mouth body and legs and they could remote control yeah. how she moves it's, it's it's really cool whenever she appears on screen yeah because it feels non-human godzilla mm. feels a bit human because it is a costume yeah but she still feels quite real which i love yeah yeah i really i really really liked mothra in this uh we've also got godzilla guys classic who appears like midway through the movie and we don't really see him in action until the very end he does a little bit of city destruction stuff they try to stop him with some electrical fences they throw like electric nets over him this time yeah, it's, it's it's smart the military's up in the game mm. uh, and this is a continuation from the last time we see godzilla yeah this is godzilla from raids again king kong versus godzilla and now this king kong versus godzilla we saw him fall into the water and disappear and this he just emerges from the water yeah and then at the very end of this gets webbed up and falls back into the water <laughs> So this Godzilla got to get this guy life ring. Not doing too well, uh, but this is actually considered one of the best Godzilla suits of all time. Immediately when he showed up, I was really impressed because this is the first costume we've seen where I've been like, "Yo, this is cool." Yeah, just it's called the Mosu Mosu Goji suit. Is what this suit is known as. Is there a are there different names? Yeah, dude, movie? there's different names. I think the suit from King Kong versus Godzilla is called King Goji. Like, there's there's King a different Goji. name for all his. Yeah suits and costumes the new thing about this costume specifically was that the facial features are a lot more defined he's got pronounced brows and large kind of angry looking eyes when they looked real his face looked real funny in a lot of the other movies so he's starting to look a bit menacing which i really enjoyed a funny thing on this one and i actually picked up on it was it looked like he had jowls or is like he had real saggy bits on his face okay that hung over his mouth and i was reading up after this but the upper lip had a slight wobble the whole way through the movie. Oh. And it was because during a scene when he smashes into Nagoya Castle. Yep, I remember it. One of the destruction yep. scenes in this. Haruo Nakajima, who's in the suit, yep. fell. And he landed and smashed into the miniature, hitting his head. And oh. it actually damaged the suit. But the special effects director, Eiji, really, really liked the effect. And they kept it like that for the rest of the film. And they really? thought it had a cool look to it. And actually, after that, there was another instance of the suit getting damaged. There's some sort of battle scene with Godzilla in the military, and his head gets set on fire. Oh, gosh. Fire to all these costumes. <laughs> and it wasn't supposed to happen, but they kept the shot in the film. And by the end of this movie, the suit was so badly damaged that they had to replace it for the, the next movie Godzilla shows up in. So wow. we potentially would have had Mosu Goji longer than this, but, man, those stunts... <laughs> On the actor. It's interesting as well because along with the actual Godzilla costume, for a few scenes with Mothra, we see like we see Muppet Godzilla. Yeah, they do this weird thing. I I'm I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the kaiju fight scenes we've had so far. I don't think there's been a really really good one that stuck out. I'll say this movie has stepped it up. This is the first one where like every single fight scene is fully choreographed. Yeah. Huge step up. Love it. But you definitely have scenes, like you were saying, when they abruptly swap to like puppet versions of Mothra and Godzilla hitting against each other. And then all of a sudden cut to a scene when the frame rate sped up and just looks (laughs) a bit out of whack. 
I can understand it because it's hard to get a scene where, say, Mothra is picking up Godzilla yeah, into the air. Yeah, her wings need to be moving fast, and you need to see the full, the full body of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. It, it it just looked a bit funny to me, but I definitely get why they did it that way. And it's it's getting better and better as we go on. I yeah. will say that. So I'm looking forward to what's to come. Also, in this movie, we've got Mothra larvae, and we've got two of them. Two of them. Two Mothra larvae. And this is kind of the first stage of Mothra. We see two of them appear from the egg. We initially, the whole movie, just think that there's going to be one baby Mothra in mm-hmm. there. But surprise, there's two of them. Cool plot twist. And they look really cool. I mean, we see saw Mothra in this stage in her first movie. They're kind of just big old bulbous brown worm things. Brown caterpillars. Yeah. I, I, I do love this Mothra design. Yeah. I don't think it's changed much from the first movie. No, I don't think so. We will see it change a little bit as it goes on. But yeah, I, re- I really like it. They also have this crazy ability, which is, yeah, they, they shoot silk. That's pretty much what the Mothra larvae do, is shoot silk. And they web up Godzilla. That's how they defeat him in the end after their mother dies. Funny thing, though, the chemicals they use for the webbing. And we picked up on this. We were like, man, are they using proper web? Yeah, so the final showdown with the two larvae against Godzilla on the island, the 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 larvae actually have, like, built-in web shooters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, like, their own machinery, <laughs> which looks so, so cool. Yeah. But what what what's up with it? Well, they created, like, a, a web-like fluid that they used for this, but the problem was that it caused burns. And there was a few staff members, the crew members of this movie that... <laughs> got burnt from this kind of substance they came up with that Wait, so the way if, it did if it sprays you you get burnt yeah i think so it's just <laughs> it was known to cause burns oh, to some man. of the stuff so it looked cool it looks i feel bad for the godzilla it's probably now. damaging the suit even <laughs> yeah. more than it already is that's probably what set fire to it but we got godzilla we got mothra we got the mothra larvae we also have one other kaiju. Oh my gosh, I was waiting when we get to this. Forget about me saying Maguma was cool earlier on, guys. This movie has the first appearance of Skeleturtle, also known as the Mystery Bones of Infant Island. You mentioned this before we started the movie, and I'm like, what the heck? There's going to be a skeleton monster? This seems weird. <laughs> this kaiju, if it can be called that, <laughs> has a surprisingly big fan base. Yeah. And it shows up for a second when our main protagonists go to Infant Island to kind of ask the natives and Mothra and the Shobajin for their help against Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And they come up on Infant Island initially and see this kind of wasteland-like area that's been affected by hydrogen bombing. Yes. And in the background, we see a huge turtle skeleton, mm-hmm. like shell intact, and the head is moving back and forth. And it looks like... No, according to you, it is blinking. It, it's blinking, dude. It's a, it's crazy, because first thought, ah, oh, this skeleton, this turtle just got... This huge turtle on Infant Island just got killed by the hydrogen bombing. Yeah. But he's it's moving. Alive. He's alive. He's a literal turtle skeleton creature. And none of the characters are reacting to him. No, no one even sees it. It's in the background. And he's just turning his head around, and they just walk past him to the to the... To the little beauties. So we're confused. And we, we did a bit of research. I made my way to Reddit. Yeah. And I don't know if, if you've got these facts here, but apparently, Ashira Honda had heard a story of some bones, a skeleton of a creature on an island, moving in the wind. 
Okay. Even though it's fully dead. Yeah. And according to a random Reddit user that he wanted to incorporate that into this movie, so made a skeleton turtle who was just moving in the wind. How do you explain the blinking? Because it's blinking, dude. He's not blinking. His eyes are hollow. And the... (laughs) I can see your face. You don't believe me. The way his head is moving... Another piece of bone from behind him crosses over, making it kind of look like it's blinking. But not really. So you're telling me they went all out with this when they created the skeletal, that they made his head hollow, that they (laughs) did in bones inside his body. You're telling me that it's... he's. He's just a dead turtle with his head slightly bobbing in the wind. Not just a dead turtle with his head bobbing slightly in the wind. A dead turtle with his head bobbing slightly in the wind with a bunch of official Toho merch. And riddle me this, Micah Drake, with your skeleturtle is alive and he's just First off, moving is, with a bone. Is skeleturtle up for adoption on your Facebook page? <laughs> Who knows? But you're right, they did make Toho's made official ornaments. <laughs> yeah. And like shirts and stuff from Skeleturtle. But Micah, if if Skeleturtle's dead, like you say, yeah. why? In the comic book Godzilla Rulers of Earth. <laughs> rulers. Rulers of Earth. <laughs> is Skeleturtle seen fleeing a fight? Oh, is he actually? Why? How? Explain that to me. It's the wind. It's a heavy gust of wind. <laughs> He's just getting blown away from the fight of the You've wind. You've seen what Rodan can do to people. <laughs> was he fighting? Was Mothra fighting Godzilla? I don't know, dude. It's the wind. That's okay. I, I right. would love for, the, for a reference to Skeletal. I choose to believe he's alive. He's just living his best life on the shores of Infant Island. Some say he's still there today. Some say he is. I just really loved, as like a Godzilla fan and Mothra fan, seeing this movie. Yeah. Um, had the whole plot with Mothra's kids and them getting hatched and having to instantly avenge Mothra's death, who dies on top of them, pretty much. Yeah. It, it's a really nice turn of events. I, I got emotional. I felt myself getting emotional when Mothra's lights go, her mm. eyes stop glowing. And, and she in just her, goes in her last final moments, trying to cover the egg and keep it safe with her wings. Yeah. Oof. Poetic. Poetic. It was, yeah, man. Hamlet unexpectedly, Hamlet is a story by Shakespeare. Shakespeare would be proud. <laughs> oh no! Real quick, yeah. Going back to Mothra, yeah. Jason, tell me what Mothra's attacks are in this movie. Well, <laughs> we know <laughs> the larvae have their cocoons, bro. I had that written down to talk about too, and I don't understand it okay so mothra in her initial self-titled movie Mm -hmm. is just a flying kaiju she flies yeah she's a big old moth she doesn't really have any abilities other than that to speak of but in this we're told by the shobajin that she has like her most powerful weapon (laughs) she's got a powerful weapon this time that could stop godzilla and all she does is like start spitting out yellow dust onto him (laughs) And he gets covered up with, like, this pollen-like substance. Yeah, it reminds me of bumblebees with the pollen on them. <laughs> that literally does nothing to stop him. <laughs> it doesn't explain what it does. It gives Godzilla, like, a nice paint job. I mean, he's freaking out for a couple seconds. Godzilla <laughs> does this real stupid thing in this movie that whenever he's getting attacked, he, like, just flails about helplessly. Like, it happens when he's getting attacked by Mothra's yellow dust. And at the end, there's, like, a five-minute sequence when these two larvae are just spraying him with silk and he's just walking around in circles until they can finish it up. No, he's shooting his atomic breath at the rocks as well. 
God's honestly, dude. God's <laughs> they're, doing, a, they're doing our man dirty. Godzilla, I'm gonna just give you some advice. If you're getting an att- if you're getting attacked by two babies, <laughs> probably don't stand back from them both where they can actually attack you with ranged <laughs> weapons. Literally, just go up and stomp on each of them before. Like this is the D and D player in you coming out. <laughs> I just don't understand. He needs to go into these battles with tactics, dude. Because he's, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I did love how this movie ended when we see the larvae swimming back to Infernal and the showbidgen on top of them. Oh, yeah. And our, our main crew is just waving. We've got our main trio. We've also got our doo-doo loves eggs <laughs> waving at the showbidgen off into the sunset. And there's actually a really good quote from this movie as well that I, I wrote down. I, f- I forget where it was exactly. I think it's when they went to Infernal and to ask for Mothra's help. I think so. Ask for the showbidgen's help. Our main character says... We all must have faith in the idea that we have the power to learn. Ooh. And he's talking about, I know that humanity isn't great. I know you probably don't want to help us over there in Tokyo because we've, we're greedy. People have bought and aren't giving you back the egg. They've done the atomic tests in the yeah, past. There's horrible people there, but there's also good people there. And you just need to believe that us as humans have the power to learn from our mistakes and to change. And that's what got Mothra to help them in the end i I love it because even though the tribe members and the shobajin are real hesitant still at Mm. this point mothra is like the first one to accept yeah being like the the goddess who they're all trying to serve yeah it was great it gave her a really great character like she at that point felt not just like a monster but literally like a character which i really 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 enjoyed i guess that's the theme of this whole movie i mean shira honda has themes we've talked about them all at length Mm -hmm. but this one I really loved. I mean, just that we can change. People can change and do better. Mm. I mean, it also had the whole like anti-bullying thing with the kids standing up against Godzilla. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> the babies, right? Oh, yeah. Mothra yeah. Lava standing up against a big bully. Yeah, Godzilla yeah, yeah. killing their mum. The kids are going to love that. I guess it's also kind of like a revenge plot if you look at it that way. But No, I, I get what you're meaning because like, even if it's not personally you, even if it's like generations down the road, a society can change. Yeah. People do change. Yeah. This is real cool. And they haven't really touched on that in these movies yet. Yeah. You know, they do it in a real tactful way. I'll say, didn't bring it up in the synopsis, but there's a, it's briefly glossed over, but at the end, while Godzilla and the two Lafay are fighting, the characters still have stuff to do. Mm. Uh, they go and save some children from a nearby island. Yeah. It's like a, it's weird. It's like a sub subplot. They literally got so many things, as I said before, that they're juggling in this movie. And when you think they might just be focusing on one bit, it cuts to something yeah. else. Someone else that's in danger. Dude, Akira Ifukubi's score in this? Ooh. So good. Are you kidding me? Like, he, this dude's a god. He's shining in these Mothra movies. Oh, man. It's really good music. He's, I mean, he's done most of these movies that we've, we've, we've done on the show. And he's just... I think the Mothra movies shine and highlight it a bit more because it's kind of a main theme in these movies as well is the Mothra song Mm. and because it has lyrics and it's intentionally sung in certain parts of the movie for specific reasons it it gives a bit more light to it and shines a spotlight on it but I I do feel as well like this isn't anywhere as goofy as King Kong versus Godzilla no but it's definitely not as serious as the original Godzilla it's kind of like this 
sweet spot that's a, a, very much like the first Mothra movie where it's whimsical, it's fun. Yeah. A little bit of serious tones, but then it's got some... It's just not... doesn't have that goofiness. And I kind of hope that the movies going forward feel more like this than King yeah. Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. There are a few characters in King Kong versus Godzilla which may, made it feel like this is meant for kids. Yeah. This one, while it, is, it does still feel like a family-friendly movie, and I think going off the first Mothra, which was made for more of a female audience because of the drama. Yeah, that's right. This one, they're tailoring it to both the male and female audience while making it not too dumbed down for the younger generation. And I've got noted down here, actually, that this is something that the producers and Honda himself thought about when making this movie. Mm -hmm. Honda actually said, now that movies are being overtaken more and more by TV, we want to target the kids, not just adults. So that we make something that all ages will find interesting. Yeah. And he also went on to say, kids are more mature than we think. Ah, there you so go. So it's, it's funny that he didn't really go full on into made for kids. Like, Goofiness. Yeah. Every second. Like King Kong versus Godzilla felt. But he went for this feeling of kids will enjoy this. Adults will enjoy this. We don't really have to dumb it down so much yeah. for kids because they'll still enjoy it. Even if it's not super dark and quite depressing like the first Godzilla. Yeah. You can still make a really impactful movie that everybody can enjoy. Yeah. I love that. Another interesting little fact about this movie that I picked up on was that this is actually the final film where Godzilla is explicitly depicted as a malevolent figure. Yeah, I saw that on the Wikipedia page. Mm. In all the movies so far, he's been strictly the antagonist. Yeah. Are we going to see him become more of a, a, a hero? Yeah, so in the subsequent films to this one, he begins to transition more into an anti-hero or into just more of a hero than a villain. Is there is there a reason for that? Yeah, so according to Japanese film historian Yoshikuni Igarashi, he said that in 1960s Japan, a place overflowing with optimism inspired by economic growth, the darkness that prevailed in the mid-50s vanished from the screen in Japanese society. Godzilla started to be tamed and transformed into the guardian of post-war Japan's prosperity. Mm. really interesting i think what he's getting at is that the 50s was still very close to the war yeah. all the destruction and just the darkness that happened that a lot of their films have focused on yeah and going into the 60s everyone started to shift everyone Start to started to move on a little bit move on to become a bit more optimistic and almost mirroring how this how society and how japan was becoming these films started to change as well to being a bit more I don't know. Hopeful, maybe? I like that. Yeah. Uh, especially since the first Mothra came out in, I think it was 61? Yeah, 61. Um, the very start of the decade. I wonder if they saw that movie and they were like, these people seem to really like this more, not necessarily lighter tone, but these monsters being not, not, not deadly forces in themselves, not solely deadly killer forces. Yeah. Like, there, there is another side to them. A hundred percent. And even going back to, we talked about it in our first episode with the original Godzilla. He wasn't actually even going to be a giant lizard in the first place. He was just going to be something to kind of reflect this huge terror. Yeah. And now with these movies, we're getting freaking characters. We're getting Mothra literally like wanting to save humans because she believes they can change yeah like it's this great. it's great it's crazy it's just the shift and it's i, I think yeah the first godzilla was made in 1954 yeah so this is the 10 year this anniversary of the first movie yeah it's cool to see just how much that tone has changed 
from. This is a deadly force trying to kill and destruct. Destruct? Destruct. Destroy. All, all, <laughs> destroy all of Japan, all of the world. Changing from that into having these characters that we're familiar with in these kaiju becoming much more of a hopeful symbol. Yeah. It, like, over the turn of the decade, that mirrors what was happening yeah. in that country at the time as well. And it's really cool that we've kind of watched up to now. Yeah. So that we've actually seen that like shit. Like, we, we've, we've come along through that yeah, journey. Yeah, man. Ten years. It's been a while, guys. <laughs> I feel old already. Yeah, man. I got a few other bits and pieces here. This was initially going to be a much more explicit sequel to Mothra. Mm-hmm. If you remember in Mothra, there was a fictional nation called Rolisica. Oh, that's right. Where they ended up and it was kind of like a European country. Yeah. But not necessarily any specific one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was this fictional place. uh, And it was going to play a much more larger role in this movie. And the main antagonist, Torahata, never existed. He never bought an egg in the first place. The egg didn't even exist. It was Godzilla's body that initially washed ashore, not Mothra's egg. So Godzilla's body washes ashore. Dead body? Just his body. Mm. I mean, we saw him in King Kong vs. Godzilla just fall into the water. Yeah. And this, he would have washed ashore in Rolisica. He presumably would have gotten up and then started attacking the city. Mothra comes to help. Uh, But it was all changed and Mothra's egg was introduced because they thought it wasn't, wasn't really... It didn't make much sense for Godzilla's radioactive body to be there and people to be doing things with his... Right, right. Like, yeah, it didn't really make much sense because he would have been a deadly force, a huge... Yeah. No one would want him to go near his dead body. Much more deadly than a random indeterminate egg. Yeah. But that would have been interesting. Rolisica doesn't come back past the first Mothra movie. That random city just fades into obscurity. Uh, last thing is when Godzilla is wading in the water, heading for the little island that the big climactic battle takes place on. Iwo Island, I believe. Iwo, I think. Iwo Island. He is shot only from behind. We just see his back walking towards the island. This is because at this point, he's wearing the King Goji suit from King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh. And the same suit... The King Goji suit is used in this movie when Godzilla's wrapped up in silk and falls into the nice. water. I was wondering, because the silk itself, I feel like that would have damaged the suit a bit. Yeah, so the suit used in this movie, the Mosu Goji suit, yeah. was already getting damaged all over the place. <laughs> and they couldn't risk that suit getting even more damaged by these stunts. Yeah. So where they could, they swapped it out from the, mo- the, from the suit from the previous film. So that they could reuse the Mosu Goji and repair it for the next movie. So it's just a little bit of movie no, magic there. They're switching things out to kind of keep suits in as best condition <laughs> as they can when they've lost like every suit. They so never, far. they never remain in good condition. Oh man, dude. Okay, how many? How many? Are we going giant eggs or boiled eggs? <laughs> Haven't we done? What do we do for Mysterians? We've already done big eggs, dude. How many boiled eggs would you give this, Jason? Just doing this boiled eggs. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Unless you want to do how many how many bags of Mothra dust. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go bags of Mothra dust. <laughs> I don't okay. even know how you came up with bags of moth- Mothra dust particles. Now, we'll do Spits. bags. 
We'll do bags of Mothra dust. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit torn when it comes to this movie because it was quite engaging and different. And man, Mothra dies in this. It's emotional. They actually yeah. managed to make it something memorable. But the story felt quite weak to me when it came to the characters. Some of them stood out. Others were just so forgettable and we didn't really have any reason to care for them. They didn't really have any reason to do what they do in the movie. And they don't really have any drive. Nothing. I mean, why are they doing this? Why are they wanting to go to Infinite and risk their lives to get the Shobajin to help? It's just chance, right? They're just doing it because they're I, good people. I guess so. They're, they're reporters doing this, just doing it because they're the only people who are smart enough to save. Not even smart enough. They're the only people who just kind of want to help save humanity. Yeah. And I mean, that's what a lot of the other characters up to this point have been as well. Mm. It's just, it didn't really do it for me. I also feel like, but even besides the human characters, nothing really happens in this movie with the kaiju until the third act probably like the last 15 minutes okay we see glimpses of mothra we see a little bit of destruction with godzilla but there's only one real big kaiju battle at the end i guess two when godzilla versus mothra godzilla versus the mothra larvae well yeah the the larvae fight at the end it's not technically a huge fight because like you said it is basically just five minutes of the <laughs> he just stands there and webbing. gets webbed and up <laughs> the the actual mothra moth version fight yeah is full of like cool moves mothra is picking him up by the tail mm. using like full wing beating attacks atomic breath it's like a good fight yeah but it's all that we really get like that mm. i i don't know a lot of stuff didn't really work for me but i know that's it's probably just my personal taste because, man, this movie, Mothra vs. Godzilla, is regarded as one of the best of the franchise. Yeah. People put it right up there next to the original Godzilla and Mothra even in, in terms of how awesome it is. So, nice. I don't know. It just didn't really work for me. It's a, it's definitely a step up in tone and even like imagination from Kong vs. Godzilla. And it was cool cool to see Mothra and Godzilla together. So, yeah. I'd probably give it. 3.5 bags of Mothra dust <laughs> out of five. Nice. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. Now, I've got similar thoughts with you. I I think I rated the first Mothra a four. You rated it four and a half, dude. Did I? Yeah, man. I would rate this the same as the first one. 4.5 out of five. I feel like as a sequel, this is kind of everything you want it to be. Okay. It takes Mothra from the first movie. Uh, some of the characters from the first movie, like the show Bajin, who I think... Um, huge standouts here are they literally one of the only returning like human characters they're, the, they're not even human but yeah they're the only returning humanoid characters played by the same like yeah. actors they're actually playing the same character yeah, yeah it's pretty good they're standout uh the the kaiju in this are great the fight scene was great i think the last scene with the lava was a bit underwhelming because it is basically just a waiting game mm. i feel like they did underpower godzilla a little bit I feel like he's got more to show and more to do. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that when he comes into a bit more of a hero role, we'll see a bit more. Like you said, the characters... My favourite characters in this are, like, the side ones we barely see. Mm. Like our egg-eating dude. Yeah. Uh, the f photographer reporter with her camera. Yeah. Everybody else still feels a bit bland, and I feel like there is so much room for character growth, but they just haven't found that, that niche yet. Mm. But it is better and much more enjoyable than a lot of ones we have seen in the past 
So yeah, four. I'll retract my first Mothra of four, oh. and I'll put this one alongside it. I found this one's a great sequel to the first Mothra, and a great continuation of the kaiju Godzilla verse we've seen so far. I mean, we're actually getting like a story, a continuous story yeah. at this point. There's like a good timeline yeah. that we, we could, we've started to make out. Like, here. what happens in the next one? There's two Mothras at the moment. They're still kids. I know. What's, what's up with two Mothras? Like, are they going to stick around like that, or is one of them going to get killed off? I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping they'll like branch off somehow. It'd be cool to see. Different movies with different <laughs> Mothras. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's Mothra vs. Godzilla. Good movie. I'm definitely looking forward to what's to come for these characters. For sure. Next up, though, we... Before we get into another Godzilla one, we're, again, we're in quite a nice space now when we're getting a Godzilla movie. Something random. Godzilla movie. Yeah. Something random. So our next random kind of Godzilla-adjacent movie we're watching is one also from 1964 also directed by Shiro Honda, called Dogora. Yeah, I I don't know much at all about this movie. I saw a picture of the kaiju briefly, and it seems like a really, really cool idea for a kaiju <laughs> or an idea for a movie. I know. I don't know what we're in for. This, this is a synopsis for it. A floating amorphous life form descends from the atmosphere to consume carbon in the form of diamonds. Ooh. I don't know what we're getting into. I don't know if it's going to be like a random heist movie featuring a kaiju trying to get diamonds. Who knows? Yeah. But <laughs> imagine that heist movie with kaiju. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. going to be good. So we'll be back in a fortnight, guys. And, and b- before we leave off, make sure to send Podzilla Pod, whether it's on Instagram or any other social media, message us about what Jaysha should do <laughs> with Maguma. Are we actually doing this? Please. I really want this to be like a Podzilla community thing. We can control... I'm writing up a Maguma report? <laughs> we can control Maguma. And I also need to like apparently write up where... Because I'm playing... I put in my own... My actual name, Jaysha Drake. You're playing a character called Jaysha Drake. I'm playing a fictional character called Jaysha Drake and I have to come up with my backstory of how I became a handler. So if you've got any <laughs> ideas for that, throw them my way. Dude, the, the movie with... With this kaiju in, the moon flipping gets pulled from the atmosphere. <laughs> you need it. You need to put that into your bio somehow. I, well, I mean, Maguma also dies in Gorak. Like, <laughs> I don't know what fun. I can what I can pull from, but I'll use your guys' ideas if you send anything <laughs> in. Oh man. Anyway, I think that's us. We'll see you guys next episode. Do you not want to finish off in the classic Mothra way again? Uh, I. <laughs> okay, you start us off. I'll join in. Masura, Masura. We should learn these words. <laughs> That's been Podzilla with your hosts Jaysha and Micah Drake. Follow along on our socials at Podzilla Pod and jump into our Discord via the link in the show notes. Huge thank you to Cassie Celine, who did our podcast art, and our very own sister, Shamea Drake, who does our episode thumbnails. Let's go. And just a disclaimer that any musical sound effects used in this episode belong entirely to the Toho Company. See you guys next episode.